John Calvin argues that the path to spiritual growth and closeness with God is inherently marked by suffering and hardship. Drawing on biblical references, he emphasises that just as Jesus Christ bore the cross and endured suffering, his followers should expect to do the same. Calvin posits that this suffering is not arbitrary, but serves a divine purpose. It is a process through which believers are refined and tested by God. Citing Hebrews 5.8, he notes that even Christ, the beloved Son of God, learned obedience through suffering. Therefore, Calvin contends that Christians should not seek to avoid suffering, but should embrace it as a necessary aspect of their spiritual journey. Calvin insists that enduring hardship is not only a way to emulate Christ, but also a means to deepen one's relationship with Him. The Apostle Paul's teachings reinforce this idea, stating that believers are destined to be conformed to the image of Christ, and that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Acts 14.22 Calvin concludes by saying that when viewed through the lens of deepening our fellowship with Christ, the hardships and sufferings we face not only become bearable, but are also seen as blessings that contribute to our ultimate salvation. In summary, Calvin's perspective is that suffering is an integral part of the Christian journey, serving both as a divine test and as a means to deepen one's relationship with Christ. Moreover, Calvin confers that while Jesus bore the cross solely to demonstrate obedience to God, humans have multiple reasons to live under the weight of life's challenges. Calvin posits that human nature is inherently weak and prone to overestimating its own abilities, often leading to arrogance and a false sense of self-sufficiency. This arrogance can even make us feel as if we don't need God's grace. Calvin suggests that God uses various means, such as hardships and afflictions, to reveal our weaknesses and frailties. These trials serve as humbling experiences that force us to recognise our limitations and turn to God for strength. Calvin cites the example of David, who in times of prosperity felt self-sufficient and neglected to rely on God's grace. When hardships came, David realised his mistake and turned back to God. Calvin considers that even the most righteous individuals can fall into the trap of overconfidence if they are not humbled by life's challenges. These trials serve as a mechanism for spiritual growth, compelling us to abandon our misguided confidence and turn to God's grace. In doing so, we experience divine power and protection, learning to live in humility and reliance on God rather than in self-sufficiency. Furthermore, Calvin focuses on the transformative power of tribulation in the life of a believer. Calvin refers to the Apostle Paul's teaching in Romans 5, 3, 4, which states that tribulation leads to patience and patience to experience. Calvin debates that when believers face hardships, they come to realise the truth of God's promise to be with them. This experience serves as a testament to God's faithfulness, strengthening the believer's faith for future trials. In addition, Calvin discusses the benefits of tribulation, stating that it serves to humble us by exposing our weaknesses and shattering any illusions of self-sufficiency. This humbling experience teaches us to rely solely on God, liberating us from self-love and making us aware of our own limitations. In doing so, we are better positioned to place our complete trust in God, leaning on His promises and His strength rather than our own. The ultimate outcome of this process is hope. As believers experience God's faithfulness in the midst of tribulation, they become more confident in His promises for the future. This hope is not just a vague optimism, but is rooted in the proven reliability of God.
Calvin deliberates that this cycle, tribulation leading to patience, then to experience and finally to hope, is essential for spiritual growth. It not only fortifies us in our faith, but also empowers us to persevere, standing firm in the grace of God. Further, Calvin examines that one of the reasons God afflicts his people is to test their patience and cultivate their obedience. According to Calvin, believers can only be obedient to God through his grace, and God uses trials to visibly demonstrate the virtues he has bestowed upon his followers. This is done so that these virtues do not remain hidden and unused. Calvin cites the biblical example of God testing Abraham by asking him to sacrifice his son Isaac, as well as Peter's assertion that faith is proven through tribulation. Calvin contends that it is fitting for virtues like patience to be put to use and made evident, otherwise they would not be valued appropriately. He adds that trials serve as a means to bring these virtues to light, thereby justifying the afflictions endured by believers. Besides, Calvin explains that through suffering, believers are trained in obedience. They learn to live according to God's will rather than their own desires. If life always went as they wished, they would never learn what it means to truly follow God. Calvin cites an old proverb mentioned by Seneca that equates following God with enduring adversity. In summary, Calvin believes that afflictions serve a purpose in the spiritual development of believers, testing their patience and training them in obedience. Additionally, Calvin discusses the human tendency to rebel against God, especially when treated with leniency. He likens this to unruly horses that become untamable when left idle. Calvin reviews that human nature is inherently flawed and prone to disobedience, which is why discipline and restraint are essential. He refers to the biblical example of the Israelites, who grew complacent and rebellious despite God's care, to illustrate this point. Calvin suggests that God's kindness should ideally make us love him more, but our inherent wickedness often leads us to take advantage of his leniency instead. To counteract this, Calvin posits that God employs discipline to keep us in check, often through the metaphorical cross, challenges or hardships, that varies from person to person. Just as diseases require different treatments, God uses various methods to discipline us, tailored to our individual needs. He accentuates that no one is exempt from this divine discipline since all are afflicted with the disease of sin. In summary, Calvin discusses that human nature is inherently rebellious and thus requires divine discipline, which God administers in a personalised manner to guide us back to obedience. Next, Calvin discusses the role of affliction and suffering in the lives of believers. According to Calvin, when we face hardships, it's an opportunity to reflect on our past actions and recognise that we are often deserving of the difficulties we encounter due to our sins. However, Calvin argues that the primary reason for enduring suffering should not be guilt or acknowledgement of our sins, but rather an understanding of God's greater purpose. Citing 1 Corinthians 11.32, he suggests that God's chastening serves to prevent us from being condemned along with the world. In other words, the suffering is a form of divine discipline aimed at our betterment and ultimate salvation. Calvin affirms that God's discipline is an act of love and mercy, akin to a father disciplining a child for their own good. He quotes Proverbs 3.11, 12 and Hebrews 12, 8 to support this view, conferring that if God did not correct us, it would be equivalent to abandonment. Calvin contrasts the reactions of believers and unbelievers to divine discipline. While unbelievers become more obstinate, 
believers should see it as a call to repentance and obedience. Calvin concludes by urging the reader to choose their stance wisely, asserting the importance of this understanding for spiritual growth. Also, Calvin discusses the spiritual and emotional benefits of enduring persecution for the sake of righteousness. He considers that when we face persecution for defending the gospel or standing up for justice, we should consider it an honour rather than a burden. Such trials, according to Calvin, are a mark of being God's soldiers. While the world may see our sacrifices, be it of life, fortune or reputation, as a loss in the eyes of God, these are gains. Calvin cites the Beatitudes and the example of the Apostles to highlight that suffering for righteousness is a cause for joy, not sorrow. He elaborates that worldly losses can become spiritual gains. Loss of material wealth increases our heavenly riches. Social ostracization brings us closer to God's family. And personal shame deepens our roots in Christ. Even martyrdom, the ultimate sacrifice, serves as a gateway to eternal life. Calvin concludes by urging believers to find their worth in God's valuation of them rather than in worldly measures and to embrace suffering for righteousness as a divine honour. Moreover, Calvin discusses the role of suffering and hardship in the life of a believer, indicating that these trials are not in vain but serve a higher purpose. According to Calvin, enduring hardships for the sake of righteousness is a way to glorify Christ, as stated by the Apostle Peter. Calvin acknowledges that suffering disgrace can be more challenging than facing death, and he cites Paul to remind believers that they will face both persecution and disgrace for their faith. However, Calvin debates that the cheerfulness required to endure these trials does not mean one should be insensitive to pain. He acknowledges that various forms of suffering, poverty, disease, ignominy and death, naturally cause distress. Yet it is the believer's response to these hardships that reveals their true character. Calvin suggests that believers show their fortitude by acknowledging the bitterness of their situation while enduring it with boldness. They exhibit patience by restraining themselves and being mindful of God's commandments. Finally, they find solace and satisfaction in the spiritual consolation offered by God, even in the midst of their struggles. In this way, Calvin offers a nuanced view of suffering, advocating for a balanced approach that neither minimises the pain nor forsakes the spiritual benefits of enduring hardships. Furthermore, Calvin deliberates against the stoic ideal of emotional detachment, particularly as it has been adopted by some Christians. He cites the Apostle Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9 to illustrate that experiencing hardship and emotional pain is not contrary to Christian faith. Calvin criticises the Stoic notion of an unfeeling hero as unrealistic and incomplete, contrasting it with the example set by Jesus Christ, who himself experienced a range of emotions including grief and sorrow. Calvin warns against a new breed of Christian Stoics who consider it sinful to experience emotions like sadness and anxiety. He examines that such views are not only impractical, but also contradict the teachings and example of Jesus. According to Calvin, Jesus openly expressed emotions and even declared that those who mourn are blessed. Calvin maintains that if we were to condemn all forms of emotional suffering, we would have to question the emotional experiences of Jesus himself. He concludes by encouraging believers to embrace the full range of human emotions, recognising that doing so is not only human, but also aligns with the teachings and example of Jesus. Calvin's overarching message is that emotional vulnerability is not a sign of spiritual weakness, 
but rather a part of the human experience that Jesus himself underwent. In addition, Calvin discusses the complex relationship between human suffering and divine will, urging devout individuals not to lose hope or patience in the face of adversity. He warns against equating patience with emotional numbness, pointing out that true patience involves a struggle between human instincts and divine commands. Calvin cites the biblical example of Peter, who, despite his initial horror at the prospect of martyrdom, ultimately embraced his fate out of obedience to God. This duality of wills between human instinct and divine command is natural and should not be seen as a failure of faith. Calvin explains that true discipleship involves cultivating a deep sense of reverence and obedience toward God, even when his will contradicts our own desires or brings us pain. In times of suffering, be it illness, poverty or loss, we may experience a range of negative emotions, but the devout soul will always return to the conviction that God's will is sovereign. This conviction, Calvin reviews, enables us to endure hardships with unwavering patience, finding spiritual joy even in the midst of earthly suffering. Last but not least, Calvin argues that the Christian understanding of suffering and patience is fundamentally different from the philosophical perspective. While some philosophers may see suffering as a test from a higher power, their acceptance of it is often rooted in the futility of resisting what must be. Calvin criticises this view as insincere obedience, driven by necessity rather than genuine faith. In contrast, Christian scripture guides believers to see suffering as part of God's just and providential plan, aimed not only at testing, but also at refining and saving the individual. Calvin reiterates that all hardships, whether poverty, disease or loss, occur under God's will and should be understood as part of a divine order. He discusses that these afflictions are not only deserved due to human transgressions, but also serve to discipline and humble the flesh. The Christian response, therefore, should not be one of reluctant submission, but of willing obedience, recognising the justice and truth in God's actions. Importantly, Calvin adds that God assures believers that their suffering is ultimately for their own salvation. This assurance transforms the experience of suffering, filling the believer with spiritual joy and gratitude rather than bitterness. In this way, the Christian approach to suffering is not a mere yielding to necessity, but a contented acceptance rooted in the understanding of one's own ultimate good. This perspective, Calvin confers, is essential for true spiritual growth and joy. In conclusion, Calvin presents a comprehensive theological framework on the role of suffering and hardship in the Christian life. According to Calvin, suffering is not arbitrary, but serves a divine purpose. It tests, refines, and deepens the believer's relationship with God. Drawing on biblical examples like Jesus, David, and the Apostle Paul, Calvin considers that enduring hardship is a way to emulate Christ and to be conformed to his image. Further, suffering serves as a humbling experience, revealing human weaknesses and the need for God's grace. Besides, Calvin discusses the transformative power of tribulation, stating that it leads to patience, experience and ultimately hope. He warns against the stoic ideal of emotional detachment, advocating instead for a balanced approach that acknowledges the full range of human emotions as exemplified by Jesus. Additionally, Calvin addresses the human tendency to rebel against God, especially when treated leniently. He suggests that God employs discipline, often through hardships, to guide us back to obedience. Also, 
Calvin explores the spiritual benefits of enduring persecution for righteousness, urging believers to see such trials as divine honours. Moreover, he discusses the complex relationship between human suffering and divine will, repeating that true patience involves a struggle between human instincts and divine commands. Furthermore, Calvin contrasts the Christian understanding of suffering with philosophical perspectives, debating that the Christian response should be one of willing obedience, rooted in the understanding of one's ultimate good. In summary, Calvin's theology of suffering is multifaceted, encompassing the ideas of divine testing, spiritual growth, human humility, and the transformative power of tribulation. He deliberates that suffering is integral to the Christian journey, serving both as a divine test and as a means to deepen one's relationship with Christ.